With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is The Crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. Well, if you're waiting for drama in the NBA before the trade deadline. Friday at about 2 o'clock Eastern, you got it. Kyrie Irving has officially demanded a trade. Uh, This news reported virtually simultaneously by the NBA's cadre of newsbreakers. So you want to credit Shams, you want to credit Woj, you want to credit Chris Haynes, any of the other guys that might have had it, have had it. But Kyrie Irving has requested a trade, and that is... More than enough for Howard Beck and I to jump on the podcast and uh, break it all down for you. So, Howard, um, I, let's start here. Scale of 1 to 10, how surprised were you that Kyrie Irving has requested a trade? Uh does this qualify as an emergency podcast? I'm never sure where the line is. Like, you know, what's alarming versus an emergency versus like potential tragedy? <laughs> I don't know how we scale these things. I don't know. The emergency feels very strong. Uh, it's an emergency for the Nets, I guess. Scale of one to 10 surprise. Uh, uh, is there anything lower than one? I mean, here's what I would say. Back when I wrote in early November that the Nets should burn it all down, blow it up, whatever, tear it down to the studs, part of my assessment of where they were and why I thought this was unsalvageable was that you never know when the next thing from Kyrie Irving is coming. So could I have predicted or would I have predicted a trade demand with less than a week to go to the trade deadline? I mean, it would have been on the dartboard of possibilities. What I would have predicted for sure is something was going to happen. This was the one thing you knew. 
after the controversy and the suspension over the posting of an anti-Semitic film faded, you knew it was only a matter of time before there was something. And they won a bunch of games and everybody got healthy and Jacques Vaughn proved to be the right voice and everything seemed fine for a while. And then Durant goes down and they start going off the rails playing wise. Kyrie comporting himself well throughout. But you know with Kyrie Irving, it's always going to be something. Whether it's refusing a vaccine, whether it's posting an anti-Semitic film, whether it's taking a vacation in the middle of the season, whether it's whatever. You know, like something was going to happen. It might as well have been this. And we should have seen this coming. We should have seen this coming because when Chris Haynes of Turner Sports tweeted a week or so ago, reported a week or so ago, I think he actually had it on the site too, that Kyrie's agent slash stepmom had told him on the record, told Chris Haynes on the record, that they wanted an extension, that should have been the writing on the wall that this was coming. Because you know the Nets don't want to commit to him long-term if they can avoid it, or at least not without a thousand caveats and conditions, which apparently is what was going on. And you know that Kyrie Irving wants, as every player wants, more of an assurance. So we should have seen this coming in that regard. So surprise level should be low. So mine's low. It's not as low as yours. I'd probably put it at like five or six. If only because... We had a lot of evidence that when the Nets are healthy, they're pretty damn good. Like before Kevin Durant went down, the Nets were 18 and 2. In the month of December, they were 12 and 1. They were nipping at the heels of the Celtics for the top spot in the Eastern Conference standings. Now, yes, they have fallen off after the Durant injury. That loss to Boston on Wednesday was less a loss as much as it was a throttling uh, by the Celtics. So they're now at their low point of uh, of this portion of the season. But even though I agree with you that we should have seen this coming, I, I maybe part of me, the wide-eyed optimist that you know I am, <laughs> uh, maybe part of me thought, hey, maybe Kyrie looked at the way this team played in December and early January and said, wow, I might be able to win here. Maybe thought that asking for a trade before the deadline might be a bad thing to do. Was that too naive of me? What's the Howard? one thing? What's the one thing we should have probably learned about Kyrie Irving and his motives and his his the, the what self-serving? Well, there's that, but this too. Um left the Cavaliers when they had just gone to three straight finals and, and won a championship and he was the co-star to the best player of his generation and decided to leave LeBron. Then he goes to Boston where he's now playing alongside a phenomenal up-and-coming young duo by the names of Jason and Jalen, mm-hmm. who are now the best one-two punch in the NBA by a lot of uh, assessments. He left them when he could have stayed there for years. So if if we're saying that the winning of the Nets, and by the way, soft schedule when they were fattening up in December, never mind. If we are going to say that that was going to be what would keep Kyrie Irving on course, on track, and in the fold, and wanting to stay, despite contract uncertainty, despite future uncertainty, despite everything, if you're thinking he's going to stay because of winning and the chance to win championships, well, we've already seen him leave a championship team twice, basically, because that Celtics team was a team that you could see the trajectory of that they were on the rise. And no, lo and behold, they were in the finals last year. And he lo- and he left them before they could get there. And he left, and he obviously burned a lot on the way out. He, and he left the Cavaliers. Why would we think that winning would keep him anywhere? Why would we even think that his friendship slash 
perceived loyalty to Kevin Durant would keep him on track and in the fold. This is the thing. Like what I think if, if nothing else, what today underscores again is Kyrie Irving is about Kyrie Irving. And he, he, he was a big reason why last season got torched a championship, a potential title run torched because of his anti-vaccine crap. He, he, he alienates James Harden. So now they forced to trade Harden for Ben Simmons, which has been a net loss for the Nets. I mean, every year it's something and he doesn't care what the consequences are. Like, I think that's not even being, that's not even an opinion or a hot take. It's just an objective fact. We've seen it over and over again. It's just what he does. He acts in his own interest and the consequences be damned. Yeah. And let's be clear to people that are trying to kind of understand the machinations of why he do this now. Uh, Kyrie doesn't want to be in Brooklyn, at least not long-term. So, The best thing for Kyrie Irving individually is to get traded to another team that would have his bird rights. And because that team has his bird rights, they can exceed the cap and pay him whatever they want. So theoretically, Kyrie could get his four-year, $200 million extension from someone out there. If someone's willing. (laughs) if, If someone's willing. We'll get to that part in a second. But... If Kyrie were to hit the free agent market and definitely didn't want to go back to Brooklyn and couldn't do a sign and trade, which are incredibly complicated, the teams that have, you know, let's just say 40 plus million dollars in cap space. I'm going to run them down for you. There's four of them. Utah, Detroit, San Antonio, Houston. Which of those teams is even going to be remotely interested in Kyrie Irving? I mean, Houston's kind of crazy, but I don't think even they're that crazy to add Uh, Kyrie Irving to that mix. So this is entirely about next season. Kyrie does not give a damn about what happens in Brooklyn this season. That's why, Howard, I think it's going to be really hard for him to recover from this, at least for this season with this team in that locker room. Because, look, he has had a lot. You go back and look at some of his quotes from the last couple of months. He's talking about leadership. He's talking about guys buying in. And now, here we are, Kyrie Irving, a week before the trade deadline, asking out. How do you go back and look in that locker room to, like, Nick Claxton, who's playing out of his mind for the best years of his career, and say, I'm all in? Or, you know, Seth Curry, a guy that badly wants to win. Like, how do you go back into that locker room after pulling something like this, which is clearly only about yourself? He just said in 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 a press conference within the last couple of weeks he took this veiled, barely veiled shot at James Harden by saying that the reason yeah. they're able to weather the storm better without Durant this time is we've got a guys who are all committed and buying in and want to be here, says the guy who's about to drop a bomb of a trade demand. I mean, come on. I think, Howard, I, I, think, he, I think he really believed that the Nets were going to blink that they were going to look at his play the last couple of months, this all-star starter, and say, you know what? Maybe we don't need protections, as many protections well, on a multi-year contract as as we originally And did. again, the lesson that we all should learn and that all the other teams that are considering acquiring him should heed right now is look at how well he was comporting himself on and off the court between the time his suspension ended and today. He was... He was playing at a great level. He was, he was engaged. He was, you know, not saying anything crazy, not doing anything to cause controversy. Like he was, and now again, you can see why, because he was trying to gain that extension. And the second he doesn't get what he wants, he goes off the rails again. Like it's so clear. He was like, it's a contract drive. I'm not going to stir it up. 
I'm not going to say anything crazy. I'm not going to do anything crazy on the court. I'm going to try to be the consummate teammate. Never mind that they've gotten their butts kicked a bunch of times when they faced actual competition without Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving showing you once again, he's not a 1A. He's got to be your 1B or, or 2 at best. But everything was fine as long as he thought it was leading toward a long-term commitment from the Nets, which they are right not to want to give him. Or if it was about conditions in that contract, they were right to condition it. And again, the reporting from Chris Haynes today, clearly coming from people who are you know close to Kyrie, because it's it's insights into his thinking and his his camp's thinking, is that it's not allegedly not about the money. Okay, he, okay, he, you can't even you even, can't say that with a straight the face. Last, That's, well, the last thing that Chris Haynes said, the, the report that I saw him do on TV tonight was. Even if the Nets came with a max offer now, and it, that he no longer even wants the max offer. I don't believe that for a second. But they're saying it's about Not the principle of, 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 oh, yeah. of having conditions built in because he sees it mm. as an insult. And, the, and again, that is an insight into Kyrie's thinking. He believes that because he is as talented as he is and can do the things he does, which granted, nobody else in the league can do. He's incredible as a talent. But that doesn't entitle you to a max extension when the team that you're asking this of has been th- thrown into chaos by you, the player, over and over and over again. They are right to not want to make that commitment in full to want conditions. And if that was, again, as Chris Haynes reported, if it was conditioned on them winning a championship this year, that is a fully reasonable condition. Look, you help us win a championship, you get whatever you want. Anything short of yeah. that, all we're going to remember is you're the guy who torches every season one way or another. So... You know, spin this forward. The question becomes who out there is desperate enough and risk, uh, you know, not. And let's get into that then. Let's get into the the possibilities. Let me just add one more thing. Like, due respect to to our friend Chris Haynes, but I'm sure someone at Kyrie's camp was telling him that and he's relaying that information. But you cannot sit here or sit there with a straight face and say Kyrie would turn down a four-year max no, right now. I don't like, bl- he oh. wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. Stop. Stop. He wouldn't. He wouldn't do it. All right. So now we look at where the Nets turn in this situation. And it does say something about Kyrie Howard that the only teams that would appear to be remotely interested are the ones like reeking of desperation right now. You've got the Lakers that have had some level of interest in Kyrie Irving over the better part of the last eight months. They just acquired Rui Hashimura, which is going to eat into their cap space next summer. So maybe they're a little bit more motivated to acquire Kyrie Irving now and use that Westbrook contract um, so that they can get an impact player, not just for this season, but perhaps for next season and beyond. Dallas has been looking for somebody to pair next to Luka Doncic. Phoenix Phoenix sees the end of the Chris Paul era coming at this point, and they've tried to do a big deal with Brooklyn before. What, what, how would you rank the landing spots? Who, who would you say is a front runner, if anyone, right now to to go get Kyrie Irving? So I was going down the standings just to, to uh, in my own, you know, some combination of intel slash my own judgment, and I came up with. There are there are three yeses out there, and the re- all the reporting is that the Lakers, Suns, and Mavericks are all yeses in terms of they're they're at least interested. I'm skeptical on the Suns aspect of this. Um, for I don't know how the Suns get there. I don't know. That, like you're not going to put Aiton in a deal for Kyrie. Are Irving. you swapping um, Chris Paul for Kyrie? 
I mean, so color me skeptical on the Suns, right? Like, I know the chemistry has been a little wonky there, but that's a team that as built made the finals and Kyrie is just, he's a walking landmine and you just don't know. The Mavericks are desperate to get help for Luka and the Lakers are just desperate, period. We know this. I threw down a few maybes. I saw Miami as a maybe. Um, I, I was thinking like the Hawks, like, are the Hawks ready? They're not ready to do this, but would the Hawks flip, like get rid of their Trey Young headache uh, and flip him for Kyrie and have a Kyrie DeJounte Murray back? Probably not, but I, I was playing with that idea. The Wizards, I don't know what the Wizards are even about or what their motives are or what motivates them at all, but the Wizards could certainly use him. The Bulls need a shakeup of some kind, but uh, they're probably more in the market for a teardown. Um, and then I put the Clippers on the maybe list, but that's about it. Like, I don't, no one's going to be knocking down the Nets doors, and I don't really know what you can get of value. Um, so it, I think. It's really about, to me, the Lakers and the Mavericks more than anybody. And I and I don't think this is going to be some sort of bidding war. And neither of these teams have great things to offer, right? Like the Lakers have those two future picks that they're so loath to part with, and they can use Westbrook's contract. The Mavericks can just cobble together a bunch of dudes and some future cap or future uh, draft compensation. But I, I, I don't I don't know. Um, I, I, w- I was texting with somebody earlier in the day, and I said... Best guess, where is Kyrie next Friday? And this person's response, this is a rival exec, said Lakers. Um, It's the only spot that he has, and they're desperate enough to give up the future picks that they weren't willing to give up during the offseason for Kyrie. So whenever I think about the Lakers, though, I I wonder is, like, say they acquire Westbrook. And by the way, Bobby Marks made this point. Like, it's going to have to be Kyrie and Joe Harris because Kyrie for Westbrook adds $56 million dollars to the luxury tax penalty, the Nets are going to have to pay, and that ain't—I don't care how rich Joe Sy is—that is a hundred percent not happening. Um, like you, you take on Westbrook, and then what? Do you keep him? Do you cut him? Do you right? Do have a Durant Westbrook reunion? Like, first of all, for starters, Westbrook doesn't make any sense there because you got to play Westbrook, Simmons, and Nick Claxton together. Like, oh my god, the spacing is a I, nightmare. I don't, I don't know how that would work under any circumstance, and. And if you cut him, you're just basically saying to Durant, all right, we're going to take Kyrie and Joe Harris off this team, see what you can do with it, and expecting Durant to be okay with it. The Mavericks, to me, make more sense than others because if you can extract like Spencer Dinwiddie, who had a great career with the Nets, albeit brief, uh, maybe you take on Christian Wood, who, look, the Nets have some front court issues right now in terms of depth. Wood, contract year, big offense, no defense, but hey, Nick Claxton's, a lot of defense, less offense. Maybe you can play a little offense defense with with those two at times. That 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 scenario I can at least get to. But again, like the Mavericks, the Mavericks didn't want to pay Jalen Brunson a hundred something million last year. Jalen Brunson had a phenomenal year for them. Uh are they really going to be willing to pay Kyrie a hundred plus million in a three or a four year deal to keep him around long term? Like are they that desperate and that anxious about Luka Doncic not having a second option alongside him? Like, I don't know the answer to that one either. Well, I mean, listen, um, I'm I'm not looking to pat myself on the back here, but the whole rationale behind my burn it down column in early November was one way or another, this thing is already over. You, maybe you win a championship if everything goes right this season somehow, but even a, even a championship in my mind was not going to change the fact that they weren't going to bring Kyrie Irving back. So 
if Kyrie Irving is gone, and this is now where we are today with this discussion, and as you just mentioned, well, if Kyrie's gone, and if you're getting back Westbrook, and you're getting back Westbrook, who doesn't, Durant and Westbrook, I don't think are looking forward to a reunion. And as you say, functionally, it doesn't make any sense. So now you're cutting him. So where does that leave everything? Oh, I don't know. Maybe Kevin Durant wanting to be traded again. But that's, again, that's how I laid this out back in November in the column I wrote then was, if Kyrie's going to be gone one way or another, then is Kevin Durant really going to want to stay? Stay for what? You can't just go out and get another Kyrie Irving. As 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 a pain in the in the butt as he is, he's also incredibly talented, and it's hard to find those guys. And you can't the way the cap is, you can, you can't sign another guy like that. And Ben Simmons remains a shadow of the old Ben Simmons, so you don't have another star for Durant. What is he sticking around for? How are you manufacturing a path to a second star if you're offloading Kyrie for Westbrook, who you're just looking to to cut anyway, or to let walk at the latest this summer when he's a free agent. So where does that leave them? Which is why I said at the time, trade them all. Trade Kyrie, trade Kevin Durant, see if there's anything out there for Ben Simmons, and just start over. Get as many picks back as you can and start over. And I don't know if that's where we are right now, Chris, but it seems like we're very, very close to that exact scenario. You're you're under the gun to now trade Kyrie, and maybe you don't. Let's let's come back to that in a minute. Maybe Kyrie stays and let, let's talk about what that means. But if you are trading Kyrie in the next week, unless it's uh, who somebody had suggested the th- a three-way deal where uh was that Rohan? Was that our, our own colleague that I read this where the idea was like the Nets end up with Zach Levine somehow. Um like yeah, that's that's not a great solution either. No, but, but yeah. unless <laughs> you're but unless you're getting another star of sorts another top 20 top 25 player then then this then this trade um this season is done this any hopes of a championship run which i think were slim anyway in my mind i know that for a while there they looked like they were legit but i've always been skeptical because i always felt like a moment like this was coming if you can't win a championship now if Kyrie's going to be gone if you're not getting a star back from him you might as well be trading durant too like, I don't know if there's enough time between now and the trade deadline to restart all of that and just that's do the whole the thing. Do the whole teardown in yeah. a week. But that's where they that they you have to be thinking about that big picture. Why is Kevin Durant staying without Kyrie Irving? I, I agree. I think if the Nets couldn't construct a deal that made sense for Durant in the summertime, there's not gonna be able to do it in six days. I, I just don't I don't Probably see that not. Like, although, although, let's think about it this way. There's more clarity from teams front offices about their teams in February than there is in the summer when it's, ah, I think I kind of like what we have and, oh, I'm not ready to break up this group. And, you know, you're thinking a little differently in July than you are in February. So, I mean, I agree with you on balance. It seems like a lot to, to figure out in a week, but maybe teams are more willing to pull the trigger on stuff given that they have a better view of, of what they are or are not right now. So the Nets are back in action on Saturday at Barclays Center. Um, do you think Kyrie plays? I will be there. I'll be curious to see if Kyrie will be there. Um, I. This is all going to get tossed back on the media, Howard. You know that. It's going to be all the media's fault. Like, you guys, why do you keep asking me these questions? Well, stop asking for trades. Like, you know, it's not us. You know? So either, either he, either he uh, doesn't play at all. They, they just kind of sideline him with the belief that they're going to try to trade him and they're going to say, look, we want to honor his trade request. And in the meantime, we don't want the distraction. So we've, we've said to sit tight until we get a deal done though. There's no going back from that, right? You can't have him sit for the next week 
and then not make a trade and then bring him back. Um, not to mention what it might do to you in the standings. Uh, maybe he just doesn't show up. Who knows? If he does play, then the question becomes, is he going to speak to the media? Now, the Nets already gave him a pass once earlier this season when the controversy was going on with the anti-Semitic film that he posted, and they basically gave him like five days off for media obligations so as to not create an even bigger storm than he'd already created. Will they will they just kind of give another pass tomorrow? Like, you can play but not talk? The NBA shouldn't let that happen. Like, I, I could almost understand why the NBA, um, you know, didn't push back too hard or at all about Kyrie not speaking during the whole, you know, anti-Semitic film stuff. But because that was like hot button kind of stuff. This is trade. This is, yeah. this is self-inflicted damage on a and, trade. And request. he should not like, be shielded from it. No, he shouldn't. He should. But uh, you said it. You, you got to own it. Well, and then the other aspect of it, too, though, is like, regardless of all that, if he's playing, you know, these fans, Nets fans, you know, I, you know, I, I live here in Brooklyn, obviously. I, I've been to a lot of these games over the last several years. Um, Nets fans, generally speaking, you know, I think really appreciate Kyrie and his talent. They have supported him. I think it was hard to read the crowd during that whole uh, episode back in, in November. Um, but they, they kind of moved on. The fans moved on. Kyrie's a great player and he's fun to root for, but he just asked out. He just asked out. So unless he's going to say that, no, this is everybody's wrong. And I didn't actually ask out. How do you play? Just as you were saying, how do you walk back in that locker room? He's going to walk back in that locker room tomorrow night. His teammates all looking at him like, yeah, Hey, what's up? guy who wants to leave us now. Now, Kevin Durant did this too, but I want to make a quick distinction here. Kevin Durant did it in the summer and then a month before media day gave the public statement or whatever. They did the joint statement where he basically said, we're cool. So Kevin Durant didn't have to walk into that locker room with a bunch of guys staring back at him like, like you're, you've just betrayed them. Kyrie is in the, like they're in the middle of a season where it looks like they have a plausible shot at a deep playoff run, or maybe even a finals run once Kevin Durant's healthy and this guy's just said he wants out, and he's going to walk into that locker room tomorrow before they play the Wizards. And I, I, like the tension has got to be high. And then again, I'm curious how the fans respond because I don't. It's 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 a weird thing to think this that fans will move on and forgive the anti-Semitic film post, but this would hmm. be the bigger kind of. Uh, problem the bigger feeling of betrayal but it is like it's sports there's this weird perceived or or you know assumed loyalty between players and fans and cities and all this stuff and we all buy into it and the fans in this case are going to feel more offended probably in some level i don't want to make light of it but they will they will feel a betrayal like you don't want to be here i think he gets booed yeah i, I think he gets booed too if he plays um last thing friday a week from now you said you talked to an executive, texted an executive who said, Lakers, what's your gut feeling at the moment? Um, I, I think my gut feeling is that he's also is the same, that he's on the Lakers somehow. Whether that's a multi-team deal so that the Nets can get back something, you know, maybe the, the Nets, I'm sure, would love to, to get a hold of one or both of those future Laker picks that are uh, sitting out there. I don't think they want any piece of Westbrook, though. Can you can you manufacture a three or four team deal where Westbrook ends up somewhere else and the Nets get players who can help them right now? I I don't know. Again, this is this is the difficulty, right? You're you're trying to satisfy so many different things. You're trying to make sure that Kevin Durant still has a running mate of some sort. You're trying to make sure that this season's not a complete lost cause. 
But the reason I say he's gone is, and you remember, Chris, I was the one who was pushing back last summer saying, I don't think it's over with Kevin Durant. I think they can still reel this back. And they did. And because they had plenty of time to work with, there was, and he had a long-term contract and he's Kevin Durant and you don't really want to trade him. This is different. This is the middle of the season. The damage is far deeper. It's a guy who you're losing this summer anyway and who you want to lose this summer. And keeping him just, just the whole season is now toxic. The whole, like you've, you've poisoned the season. It's you, I don't think you, you like, you could, you could go back from the Kevin Durant trade demand in June, July. You can't go back from a trade demand on February 3rd. So I got to think that one way or another, they find a way to offload him by the trade deadline. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to say Dallas though. I think Dallas, I think Dallas might be more motivated to make the deal even without kind of certainty on whether they'd bring him back because maybe they can get Brooklyn to take one of their crappy contracts with it. Tim Hardaway Jr. I mentioned Dinwiddie, um, you know, Christian Wood, they're trying to move anyway because they can't agree on the structure of a deal to re-sign him. So I think Dallas might be in a position to roll the dice and say, all right, let's see if he and Luca can strike lightning in a bottle. If it works, great. We've got a guy for the next three or four years that we can have Luca be Luca's running buddy. If not, well, we just cleared more cap flexibility, you know, for for future deals or something. The difficulty there, like I, I, I agree, like I, the, the fit with Luca just as a basketball matter. Forget all the other stuff with Kyrie. Like it's it's good, and, and yes, they're desperate, and yes, they need somebody with him. And if it works out, great, they can resign him. I agree with all that. If the Nets are looking to make a deal that gets them the most bang for the buck, I like what what are they getting back? Like Dorian Finney-Smith and Tim Hardaway Jr. and some future firsts and Dallas like Dallas still has a first that they owe to the Knicks. Like I don't know the rest of their 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 draft capital um, you know, options, but like I don't know, is it is it an, is it enough? Like how, like how many picks do you need? You're under the gun so you can't demand a ton, but I don't know. I just the Lakers' desperation with the combination of the fact that that they have those future picks that you know almost for sure are going to be worth something because they're going to fall off a cliff once LeBron retires. That's why the Lakers don't want to part with those picks. Dallas, as long as they keep Luka happy, he's not going to fall off a cliff anytime soon. So, you know, there's there's that difficulty. But yeah, I mean, look, Mavericks is plausible. Lakers are plausible. I wonder if there's somebody else out there who would take a shot. Um, like I say, I'm, I'm skeptical of the Suns thing. Like if I'm the Suns, I think I'd rather just stick with the guys I have and hope for good health and good chemistry. And they've had so many chemistry issues in, the, in Phoenix as it is anyway. Like Kyrie's not exactly the guy to solve your chemistry issues. Um, I, I don't know. I, like th- this is the problem. There's just not a great market. And, and Kyrie no. knows this too. He knows that it's the free agent market ain't great either. He said it outright on media day this past fall when he said that that's why he opted in because he knew that there wasn't much of a market for him and yeah you know um it it was not a uh decision to keep things going with the Nets. did you it was because there was no market for him. did you see lebron's googly eyes tweet by the way yeah yeah i mean look lebron wants the lebron knows he needs something yeah. right and as bemused befuddled as lebron was by Kyrie's. Uh, trade request back in what was it 2017 yeah. like he 
you know, he knows he needs talent. And if you can swap out Kyrie for Russell Westbrook, you're a better team. I don't yeah. know if you're a championship team. He's a better, you're fit. A better team. They're a better. Yeah. They're Kyrie's a better fit next to LeBron than Russell Westbrook. That's not even a question. And Kyrie and Anthony Davis have been close for years too. That was part of the kind of lure maybe of playing in Boston. So right. Um, you know, when Boston was pursuing AD. So yeah, there's there's some chemistry stuff there. So it, I get it. You know, for the Lakers, but like the Lakers, to your point, are not. Why would the Lakers want to tie Kyrie to like a three-year contract when LeBron only has one more guaranteed year left on his? Like, yeah. you're you're playing the LeBron game in LA. Like, you're yeah. you want to tie Kyrie to LeBron, not to the Lakers for long term. So yeah, I don't know. We'll and, see. and and listen, you know, we we already know like there there's there's a, a downside to caving to LeBron's demands. That was the Westbrook thing, also. Although again, I I hold the Lakers responsible for that. If you thought it was a bad idea, then don't do it. Kyrie, on the other hand, is an upgrade. And and one that I think they all could agree on. LeBron can and and the front office both should agree that Kyrie is a better fit. And you're not on the hook for for much. Like if the Lakers are worried about preserving their cap room for this summer, okay, this doesn't hurt your cap room. Uh, you know, Westbrook comes off the books. Kyrie also will be coming off the books if you have him. The only thing it costs you, of course, is probably some future draft capital, and and that's something that they're obviously guarding as well. But if you think there's a chance that a Kyrie, LeBron, Anthony Davis core can actually get you through the West, and maybe it can. Like I, 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 I know that this is you know, it, it, it's a hard thing to read, and but the 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 West remains wide open to me. It really does. There is not a single team there that I think the Lakers with a, a healthy LeBron and Anthony Davis should fear. And if you add Kyrie with his talent, all the other stuff notwithstanding. That's a pretty formidable lineup, and their depth would still suck, but maybe they get some guys in the buyout market. Maybe there's another minor deal to make. They'd have a better chance this time next week with Kyrie than not. Well, looking forward to reading your tweets and whatever dispatch you have from Saturday night's game in Brooklyn, Howard. Uh, You enjoy that experience. (laughs) Enjoy is the wrong word, but I will be there. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.